Hey, podcast world. It is so good to be with you today. I hope you're having an awesome day. Uh, welcome to Spiritual Side Note. We are Haley. <laughs> and Shay. Yeah, we are. Uh, and uh, That felt oddly is, backwards. <laughs> sort, of, sort of the purpose. Anyways, uh, and uh, we're just going to have a conversation today um, about Haley's story. So a few weeks ago, um, we just started uh, to share a little bit of our story and we started with me and giving some background about who we are, kind of why we are the way we are a little bit um, and some of the things that we've been through, processed through um, and that God has done in our lives. And so this week we decided to bring it back around in order for Haley to share some of her story. So we are going to jump into a conversation around that. Um, I'll probably just ask like, a question and then Haley will be able to talk for the next 45 minutes so um that'll be great but i also but, want to go in the direction you're looking for that's a, that's also true um but we did want to start with an athelia quote um and Haley has a pretty good one for you yeah i'm actually looking at my phone because i thought i typed up another one too the people are waiting for the athelia yes, quote fine. okay so i have two <laughs> um we are sitting um at breakfast the other day <laughs> and I farted and like Athelia this was like minutes if my mom's listening she's probably so embarrassed that I just that I farted um but I it was like minutes it was what it felt like it was a pretty significant period of time before Athelia walked back around to the other side of the table and she looked at her plate and she had like toast and eggs on her plate and she had this face of disgust and was like what is that why she looked at her plate and I said, that's an egg. She said, that's a bad egg. <laughs> and I said, wait, do you see something or smell something? I smell something. And I was like, oh, well, I farted. <laughs> and she was like, I, I can't remember what happened after that because I thought it was so funny. I think she just acknowledged it. That's a um, bad That's egg. a bad egg. <laughs> and then a couple of days ago. I just said something super normal to her, like, please get down from there or put your baby away or something like that. And she said, do not say that. My company employees find that inappropriate. <laughs> like, Where what? in the world would she have even got not that a one? Clue. Like, a lot of times I can trace back. Some mm -hmm. of the first, that one makes no sense. Not a clue. I don't know. She's watched Inside Out in the last month, so maybe I can't remember. Maybe the dad's on the phone. I mean, something they do about talk a company, about the company employee, company, but not. Oh my goodness! Yeah, she that's is. Funny. She's something else. Wow, she's hysterical. That's awesome. So yeah, cool. Two quotes for you. Double quote day. Double quote day. Double quotes. I like it. Um. So your story. Mm -hmm. Um. Tell us why you are the way you are. Just joking. That's a, it's a very, very broad, broad question. Yeah. Brush um, stroke. No, why don't you just share a little bit about um, kind of some key things, middle school, high school, age, or or even younger, um, that you feel like were pretty formative for you? This is funny because I think there are lots of points in my story that do pop up that I tell when I talk about my story and then there are other parts, it depends on the day or the season and what I'm learning where I'm like highlighting parts of my mm, story. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out tonight. Um, I grew up in Kansas 
Topeka, Kansas, capital, smack dab, Kansas, smack dab in the middle of the USA. Um, so I remember I was always a very sensitive kid, like emotionally sensitive. I feel like I got hurt a lot and pretty mm. easily. Um, but I also remember loving people from a really young age. Like I mm. loved friends. And I, I remember from a young age, like picking kids out on playgrounds that like didn't have friends. Um, kind of can see the least, the last, the lost draw, like from the time I was itty bitty. Um, what else? I, I felt like a very weird kid, mm. like kind of, older than my years in a small body. Like I loved classical music from the time I was uber small. Um, I was classically trained on the piano starting at the age of like seven. Um, so that probably like spurred on my desire to listen to classical music, but I would play, I had this one particular CD that had like the planets on it. I can't remember what that CD was called, but I would, it was a classical Hmm. CD that, was like based around space and mm. I wanted to be an astronaut growing up. Like I loved space. There's no way I could have been an astronaut. I am not that smart, nor could I handle all the circles that you have to go through in training. Can, can I interrupt you? Yes. Sorry. You're right in the thick of it. There. <laughs> um, but that just reminded me Athelia yeah. today, uh-huh. uh, kind of another quote was she was like, someday can we go to the moon? <laughs> And so I was like, I didn't want to get into all of it. But like in my head, I first said, um, no, that doesn't really happen. But like in my head, I was like, but legitimately, like you could, like, depending on what God calls you to do, like you could become an engineer or a pilot or something and work for NASA or Tesla or whoever sending rockets into space in the future. But like, it was like, I'm a little too old for that i'm i don't think i'm going back to school to become an engineer in astrophysics but um anyways that was just kind of funny she, she wanted to go to the moon today <laughs> well today she was asking to go to the moon sometime sometime can we go to the moon no that would be really great if you could just you know sometime hop over the moon for a hot second well take and a i quick do lap. think i mean you know because you do have like billionaires going into space now like mm-hmm. entering space so i think it's in our lifetime that there'll be commercial flights like to the moon or at least in space but it just might only ever be for like millionaires or whatever but i feel you could be their pilot maybe <laughs> yeah that'd be cool and smuggle us on there because that would be amazing smuggle us on there yeah, yeah. i would love to go to space that would be incredible. <laughs> it would it like would... i have this unique infatuation with space and the emptiness Mm -hmm. the void anyways you want to be an astronaut this is about you you and your story (laughs) yeah babe so be quiet let me just uh steal the show here (laughs) no i very similarly though was fascinated with space like had all of the space things i actually got a telescope when i was 10 hmm I'm 31 now, and it's sitting in our garage right now because it broke probably two or three, four years after I got it, and I couldn't figure out why. So I'm I'm wanting to fix that because mm-hmm. I still have this fascination with space. And I had a little squishy ball called the supernova, and I knew that was like a dying star. And I had all these like space things on my wall, and had a space camp magazine I'd flip through like endlessly. Like so wanted to go to space camp. And I remember, I think I was 10 when I told my mom, God doesn't want me to be an astronaut. Hmm. So I just kind of let that dream end and began whatever 
was next. And it was when I was 13 that I felt called to be a missionary, specifically in Africa is like the the heaviness I felt on my heart at a conference, but I'm fast forwarding a little bit. Uh, just a couple other key things that I feel like were big growing up. Um, I was a big family person, like loved being with my family, loved people and friends, but loved being with my family and was kind of like exclusive about my family. Like I didn't, it was weird. I, I wanted people to be in my life, but when I was with my family, I just wanted mm. it to be my family. And your family consisted of? Yes. A uh, mother and a father mm. and yep. three sisters. So. And where do you fall in line? I am second. Okay. So Steve and Natalie are my parents. And <laughs> you don't Faith, have to get this specific. <laughs> no, but as their names pop up, All then right. I won't have to be like That's the fair. oldest one. Faith is the oldest, and then me, and then Morgan and Tessa. Um, I am incredibly blessed because my sisters are some of my closest friends and you're all within five years of each other uh yeah or four yeah. and a half something like that because faith and i are 14 months apart and then there's two years between me and mo and two years between mo and tess so yeah five five and a half years apart um so we all i mean we had our moments growing up where we didn't get along or argued or whatever but really from a young age we all played together hmm. A lot. Um, we were homeschooled for a few years, so we even had more time together then. I was involved in like random activities like ballet for one year and gymnastics for a year or two when I was little and tried um, basketball camp, I think, once or like I helped lead it. I'm, I was just not coordinated. I felt like my height was supposed to be used for basketball because I've always been tall. Um, but I just was not coordinated enough for it. Definitely couldn't play soccer. And then I tried softball for a long time um, and was never on a good team. So I feel like my skills were never able to like increase because I was just always on a bad team. So I finally gave up because we always, always lost. Hmm. And I was I was all about being a good sport. Like, that's great. But we always, always <laughs> lost. So I was like, I think I'm done with this. Um, and then I played tennis and I, tennis is what I ended up sticking with in high school, um, up until junior year, so, uh, middle school through high school, but junior year, um, I quit so I could start working hmm. so that I could, um, work for my granddad at a smoothie shop. So that was my first job. So smoothie. thanks granddad for my first job was a smoothie shop. employing me. Jamba I know juice. meant to be, I worked at juice stop. It was really fun. I actually really enjoyed it. And I loved the people I worked with and the people that came in, like getting to talk to them. And um, yeah, I have just always been like really missionally minded and quite strange in the things that I liked for the age I was at or for the culture that I lived in. So like I actually hated when my mom put me back in public school. I just did not. I didn't want to be in the, quote, public school world. Like, I wanted to be safe in my bubble with my family. That's just really what I wanted. And we grew up going to church. Like, I accept Jesus, accepted Jesus at four into my heart. And I have been super blessed in my story to have never strayed from that path. That it does not mean it's been easy. Mm -hmm. um, I've encountered many other things in my life that um, will come up in parts of my story that have been really hard and a part of my transformation process that have brought beauty from brokenness. But I was very blessed to grow up in a family that loved Jesus and took me to church. And church is really where I found um, my closest friends growing up. Mm. I just never, I never felt like I fit anywhere mm. growing up. Um, even down to little things like growing up, people would tell me I was the only girl that didn't look like the rest of the girls in my family. 
Um, one lady even said like, you look like you could be adopted. So I think I kind of took some of those things to heart and like, let that speak into what I already believe that like, I don't fit anywhere and I'm really weird. Um, cause I was quite quiet, not anymore, but I was very quiet, like out in public. I could be a little bit shy, but it was always kind of goofy. Like I just had a goofy personality and, um, I liked to have fun, but kind of reserved that for places where I felt safe, I guess. Um, And I I felt very safe at church. So that kind of became like the place where I felt like I could be myself. But also from a a young age, I struggled with perfectionism and like wanting to do everything right and having to get A's in school and be picked for all the leadership things or whatever, because somewhere in my belief system rooted way back in the beginning, I believed that I had to earn something from God or that my certain actions should produce a certain something from him. Like me being a good kid, doing all the right things means I should have a really good friend that never leaves me, or I should have the attention of my parents that I want, or um, I should be able to go to the school I want to go to, or like whatever subconscious things I believed that I worked so hard to be perfect and didn't know that for a long time. Um, And once I did come to recognize that I was living my life that way, still couldn't stop. Like I just, I wanted to be liked by everybody. So I, even though I stood up for what was right, like I, I wasn't a party or any, like I never did anything I shouldn't do really. I had a couple of really good guy friends, three really good guy friends in high school that would do like ridiculous things that I would sometimes be a part of. So Matt, Jordan, Tyler, thanks bros for getting me to have a lot of fun. So like we would take traffic cones and like, them on people's houses or um tp places so that was probably like the most extreme in ever <laughs> doing anything i did because i just wanted to follow the rules i wanted to do the right thing didn't you use saran wrap matt's car and then like squirt ketchup oh my on it gosh or something? we did yeah. matt i'm sorry man but i'm really not sorry that was a blast <laughs> ashley and i did that hi ashley she usually listens love you so Ashley and I were a part of those shenanigans quite often. Um, and I just really appreciated those three guys because I started to despise girls. Um, and I've heard countless girls say this. So if so many girls are saying this, girls, stop being mean. If you don't want to have mean friends, also don't be the mean friend. But, like, girls were just ruthless. Mm. Like, there were lots of things that happened where I was intentionally left out And I don't think I'm making up that reality. Like it was very put in front of my face. Like I'm doing something with this friend and you're not coming Mm -hmm. from various friends in my life. Um, And I think that's just a part of humanity where you're wanting to prove to yourself or someone else that you're a part of something and that they're not because that makes you feel good. And also maybe some of it was people just like sharing their life with me, but it it felt weirder than that. Um, So I just very much felt on the outside and you bored, babe. Shay keeps yawning. It's it's quite sad. <laughs> and now he's looking at me with these sad puppy dog eyes. No, I'm not bored. It's, um, we're old. Well, it's we are old. And what you guys don't know, because you can't see us record these podcasts, is this happens almost every week. Every time. That when the other person's talking, when one person's talking, the other person almost always yawns at no, least once. It's No, you almost never yawn. It's always when you're talking, I'm yawning. Multiple times. So sometimes I literally have to shut my eyes so I can't see Shafin so that I I think he's not bored. Thanks for calling me out. You're welcome. I just wanted the world to know. Yep. So they're really here. I'm a yawner. Go ahead. (laughs) I'm a yawner. Anyway, 
I just very much felt on the outside was called weird a lot and kind of then allowed that to be a label that was true in my life um, or that I believe to be true. And it's not that I think I'm normal <laughs> now, um, but I've just kind of owned like, this is who God has made me to be. And it's okay that I'm weird and quirky and goofy um, because really what's normal? Like we somehow try to fabricate this like normalcy of like, this is what's cool. This is what's acceptable. And really when we fight to be a part of that, um, we're just losing pieces of ourselves into something because we're trying so hard to fit somewhere or have something fit in us. Hmm. And that only space, the only thing that fills that space is Jesus. Um, so I just, I tried to fit into everywhere and wanted something to fit into me. So for a long time, I just had this um, definition that I didn't even know really existed, this expectation of what a best friend would be. Mm-hmm. And I just longed for that in my life. Like I really just wanted someone who was like with me always, who like knew me and accepted me and loved me well. And um, I I think I had friends like that off and on. Like I think Ashley has always, always loved me well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like there were lots of spaces and times in my life where um, friends that I even knew loved me and because they loved me wouldn't be fully honest with me about things because they assumed I would judge them though those people never knew at least at the time they didn't know that I knew everything that Hmm. maybe not everything but I knew what was going on and they would just pretend it wasn't going on because they didn't want to let me down or whatever that it it felt really duplicitous like I know what's going on but I I don't feel like I could I I didn't feel like then that I could say that Mm mm-hmm um, I feel like now I could press into that space just so we would be like vulnerable and honest and like, yeah. just so you know, I, I love you. But I, I just very much felt on the outside. And there was specifically a time in high school where um, I just, I tried to be a part of multiple groups of people because I, w- I wanted to be friends with everybody. Hmm. And I think that came from a beautiful spot, like least last lost, the broken, like I just want to love people as Jesus did. But it also can have this underlying like basement if you will, like drive of like, I want to be accepted by everyone and it ends up feeling like I was accepted by nobody. Hmm. Um, because whenever I would get close to people, I was somehow left out. Like I was uninvited to prom standing in the lunchroom. Like that felt like one of the most exposing things ever. Hmm. That was my junior year. And in middle school, y'all, I was strange. Like I hated school so much. Like I would have stomach aches all the time. I didn't know it was anxiety and fear and whatnot, but I was like in the nurse's office all the time with stomach aches. Um, I would hide in the bathroom during lunch, like in a stall and like practice the ABCs and sign language just to like take as much time as possible to not have to have open conversation. Like I loved learning. I loved being in my classes. I hated being in social situations where I didn't know what would happen. Like it was just this anxiety and fear and lack of control and like, what will happen to me? What will people say? Will I be made fun of? Like, will someone pursue me that I don't want to pursue me? I was specifically thinking of guys. Like I just did not, I didn't want a guy to ask me out and then me say no and like be made fun of or have a big hoopla or whatever. Cause that had happened when I was like younger where this boy at recess, like in fifth grade asked me out which is so funny to say because you're like nine or ten, you're so small. And I said no, and he cried and told my teacher I was being mean. And Haley just did not want to be mean to anyone. I'm sorry, I don't want to skip over. Did you say hoopla? Yeah. Okay, continue. Okay, so then... <clears throat> um, and then we started dating, and I fixed all your problems. 
Yeah, that's the way that works. Yep. End of the story. I completed you. Mm-hmm. So, um, I feel like it comes across prideful when I say, like, I didn't want someone to ask me out, but it was just, like, this great fear I had that I would hurt someone's feelings um, or that I would feel exposed or vulnerable. And so I hid a lot and I cried often at home. Like I did not want to go to school and I'm super grateful. My parents made me stay in school because I would just beg my mom to homeschool me. Um, cause it taught me like to be in the world and not of it. High school was better. Like I just kind of settled more into myself freshman year, but I specifically remember going to freshman orientation. Um, between like eighth and ninth grade is when my hair suddenly like we figured out it was curly. So I like would do my hair and I like in seventh and eighth, seventh grade in particular, I wore the same jacket every day to school, even though I'd wash it because I knew people would think it was probably gross and they wouldn't want to talk to me. That's how much I felt uncomfortable mm. in social situations, which is weird coming from someone who loved people. But I just felt really out of control. Um, and there was this space in eighth grade where like I, I didn't dress that way anymore, but I don't know. I, I felt like more like me, not as like nervous in eighth grade. And by ninth grade, I guess something happened where I fit more into like whatever the fashionable, whatever was. Cause I remember someone telling me you got pretty. And that just like set me into this um, brain space where I was like, wait, that means I wasn't pretty before. And people are always telling me my sisters are pretty and I must not be in my older sister was super popular and I was not. So we just did not mesh that way. Like she was just in this really beautiful crowd of people and I just kind of didn't fit anywhere. And um, like I so badly just like wanted to be cool to her. And that was just one of those weird high school things where you're like, wow, my sister's one of the cool people. And I'm definitely not like to the to the point people would laugh at me when I would tell them Faith was my sister because we also did not look alike. Like, she was very dark-skinned, dark hair. I had blonde hair. I was, like, really white compared to her. And someone at once was like, wait, you're, like, cousins, right? And I was like, no, like, we're sisters. Um, and I, I felt like they laughed at me because I was so different. Um, like, in a weird way. Like, whoa, yeah, well, that's weird. Um, but I still think, I mean, I love, love my sisters. And I still think my older sister is super cool. Um, so I love you, Faithy, if you're listening to this. Um, and Faith and I have talked about all of this. So, like, this isn't, like, I have no resentment or bitterness towards the fact that, like, our high school days just looked very different. Um, but I just felt on the outside to the point where, like, at home, I just even felt like I didn't really fit. Um, because I was, like, the kid who just tried to be, like, really good or to help, like, just not have any issues at all. Um even physically, like I never needed braces or glasses. So I just felt like it was my job to like. Just be okay. I guess. Yeah. Even though that was never put on me by anybody, I just like accepted that as hmm. something. Um, and not that my other sisters weren't okay. Right. Like it's okay if you need braces, but it's almost like this, it began to write itself into a story that I hmm. believed um, where I was just like, yeah, I got to be okay. And I think people around me thought I was okay. And I ended up really not being okay. Um, I just felt lonely a lot. I was, I was a very depressed teenager and I think people would be shocked on the outside if they looked back and saw that. Um, cause I even like, I have artwork that's quite depressing. Like I, I also, I have been drawing since I was seven or eight. Um, I'm more paint now than draw, but 
it's always been an outlet for me. And in high school, I took several art classes and several language classes, by the way. Like, I love language. Hmm. Love language. I wish I was fluent in another language. Um, so just have this, like, desire to learn and to be a part of other things. Like, I've wanted to go to Paris since I was, like, four. Hmm. I've had this, like, desire to be in other places, countries, experience other things since I was really little. And I'm throwing that in because I think it's important for later. Um, cause my mom remembers me standing in the doorway when I was like eight and she just said, she just had this feeling like she knew I wasn't going to be close. Um, which is really kind of cool to know that that happened. So anyway, high school, I took a lot of art classes and I just remember having some pretty depressing pieces that I've even recently like come across where I was like, wow, it's just a really sad kid. Mm-hmm. Like I just felt really lonely. Yeah. Um, and Jana Hughes was one of the only people that I felt saw me. Like she's the only person after children's church because Nikki Copeland and Melanie, they were kind of this dynamic duo who were part of my childhood life like forever. And then you go into like middle school, high school and you enter like the student ministry stuff and your leaders change. And during that time, like Jana was the only person that like invested in me on a regular basis. And I'm so grateful for that. Um, Cause she saw me and like, didn't treat me special by any means. And I think that was a part of what I wanted. Like she just saw me and like invested in me, asked me to watch her kid. Like that was huge to me. She trusted me with her son. Um, and she would just spend time with me listening and talking. And she was my life group leader for a long time. So I have this special place in my heart to like pour into girls the way that Jana poured into me and let me know that I wasn't alone and she saw me, um, which was really special. So I feel like it's probably once a year, once every two years, I still text Jana or send her a message and just let her know, like, (laughs) Chase, yeah, Um, how grateful I am for what she did in my life or how I see it playing out and how I'm um, pouring into someone else's life and just, like, thanking her for that role. Um, so, Gianna, if you ever hear this, thank you. Lots of shouts outs tonight. Shouts outs. Shouts outs. Um, I also joined the worship team in high school, and that was a huge outlet for me mm. um, to be able to serve in that capacity. And um, when I was 13, when I felt called to missions, I feel like it. Um, so, 13, I would have been like eighth grade. And in. Mm, I think it was probably junior year. I remember walking through the high school hallway thinking, I feel like I'm not necessarily just specifically called to a place, but to like pour into women. Like I felt like I was drawn to missions in a way to ministry, like with women or girls, but I could only picture myself as a man preaching. Um, Like I would try to picture myself being a pastor and I could only see a man because we mostly, I grew up mostly seeing men as pastors. Um, even though I had like Nikki Copeland or who would teach us in children's church, like I mostly saw girls as children's teachers. And even though they like believed in women pastors and Erin Lee came as a children's pastor. And I remember she was the first woman I saw preach and she did a fantastic job, but I still saw myself as a man when I preached cause it's all I knew. So I wasn't really sure what God would do with that. Um, 
but now it's become an anointing in my life. It's something I'm called to is to preach and teach the good news of Jesus. And I'm, I'm blessed by that. Cause I remember taking my first like speech class in high school and it was terrible. Because <laughs> it was awful. So I think it's really beautiful how God like begins this work in your life and then uses all sorts of things and places and people and experiences to move you into the places he wants you to be truly just recognizing like I wouldn't be anywhere or anything without him or without these people he's placed in my life for his glory. Like it's just been really cool to see those things unfold. Um, Shay and I started dating in high school. Um, and as funny as your comment was, like, I think I really thought you were supposed to complete me. So I think that almost became like a codependency thing, like for both of us in unhealthy ways where we would spend a lot of time talking and, um, my, I, what, I was three hours ahead of you, two hours ahead. Two. We did so, long distance. Yeah, we did a long distance cause you lived in California. So we would, um, talk after I was done hanging out with people cause then it was the evening for me, but early evening for Shay and he would actually give up a lot of friend time to talk to me on the phone. Though I never remember asking for that. There could have been nuances in the way I treated him. But just from early on, like, I had codependency issues in my life and have lost a, a lot of friends. And I, I don't think I'm making that up. Like, lately I've been trying to look at my story and wondering, am I, um, am I fabricating things or am I seeing what I only want to see or am I ushering myself into believing things because in my head it fits a narrative that doesn't actually exist? But I genuinely think I lost a lot of friends along the way. Um, and some of them I know have happened because I've gotten texts that are like, I cannot be your friend anymore. And those just hurt. Like, it just hurts. Um, so I think just this desire to be someone's everything. And then that in and of itself is not from the Lord because only Jesus is everything. But then expecting someone else to make you feel a certain way whether that's a friend or a significant other or a family member, like only God can fill every part of me. And then I think he blesses me with relationships. But when I try to make anyone into anything other than any, like a blessing, I don't even know how to put that. But like when, I, when I'm turning to anything but Jesus first, um, it becomes an idol. And I would say I just really idolized you. Um, so, yeah, I I tried out for a lot of things in high school, even musically, and just never made anything. So I finally gave up that. Just constantly felt like I entered these moments where I just wasn't enough. Like, I hope you're not good enough to make that cut, not good enough to make that cut, not good enough for that friend group, not good enough for that one person, not good enough. Like, I just felt like I heard that my whole life, that I just wasn't good enough. Um, so I think then I tried to excel more at school. Like, I just wanted to be, like, good. Um, man, I just, yeah, that followed me up until probably three or four years ago. Well, this seemed like a, a good time to push pause on Haley's story this week. As it says in the title, this is just part one of uh, a lot of her background and where she's come from. So I hope that um, this just gives you a window into Haley's life and heart a little bit. Uh, and that you would come back next week and check out part two as she kind of continues the progression and the timeline of her story, uh, bringing her to where she is now.
So thanks everybody for tuning in this week and we look forward to talking soon.